It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Shock the system. Welcome everybody back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like always, it's I, your host, Jacob Lawrence, joined per usual with my tag team partner, Mr. Cedric Welton. We're coming to you on a Tuesday. That's right, Tuesday. I know, we, we normally don't show up on Tuesdays. You know, we, we take the day off. We let all the other little wrestling podcasts and all the other podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network, you know, we let them get their stuff off. We let them get their moves in, get the spots in and everything. But you know what? Nah, we ain't having it this week. We might just go six for six. We hit you outside the head yesterday with the interview with King Coley, so please go check that out. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about it. Like Coley says, talk to me, baby. Let us know what you thought of it. And also, since today's Tuesday when you're listening to this, don't forget, hashtag Title Tuesday on IG. You got them belts? Go ahead and pull them out. Let the belt guy know that you listen. And, hey, Title Tuesday, cool. I appreciate it. So go check that out. But we're here on a Tuesday to bring you a little something special. That Saturday morning audio dope was a two-for-one special where we recapped NXT and we previewed TakeOver. What do you do after you preview something? You got to review it. So we're here to talk about TakeOver, discuss just a little bit of fallout before we hit you with our normal Wednesday preview episode. But this is going to be TakeOver heavy. And me and Seth got a lot to get off our chest. So how you doing today, Seth? I'm doing great. And I've been waiting to do this because this was a beautiful pay-per-view uh, from top to bottom. This was a great weekend of wrestling regardless of who your allegiance is to. But I was thoroughly surprised throughout the weekend. And as wrestling fans, that's all we want to do is to have the shock value, actually be surprised and not predict everything. I will say TakeOver completed that. Yeah, it definitely did. And this was a – I think this is kind of the thing with TakeOvers, honestly, where – even if you look at the card and you're like, oh, this this doesn't look like it's going to be that good, but they always deliver. They do. Uh, I don't think takeovers have ever let me down from the in-ring work. Um, obviously, I'm a big entrance buff, so the entrances, but top to bottom, I, I'll say I was thoroughly happy with the card. Yeah, I think like the worst takeover is probably like three <laughs> – and three quarters stars out of five. <clears throat> and yeah, they just don't miss. And this has been a, this was a good one. I was a little worried. I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried. I looked at a couple of matches and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this one. And uh, there's one in particular that we'll get into it a bit, but just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, well, we, we want to start. All of them. Uh, we got to just go top to bottom, man. Since we got some matches that we really got to spend some time on, that means we got to take the trash out. <laughs> and that's where we started. All the, pre, all, the pre, all the pre-show. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't even starting. go. I wouldn't even go to dress it, but all right, cook on. Yeah, that's we starting. That's we starting. You know, we had the pre-show match uh, before NXT Takeover Thirty. We had number one contenderships for the NXT Tag Team Championship Triple Threat Tag Team Match: Brizango, Orny Lorcan, and Danny Birch, and Legado del Fantasma. Brizango, no gimmicks, no thrills this week. No, no, no hard hats, no astronaut fits. They came out regular. Uh, Lorcan and Birch are always serious, and Joaquin Wilderaw Mendoza went alone without um, Santos Escobar. I thought the match was solid. A solid match. First, I want to say it's the first time, but normally when we see these multi-tag team matches, only two people are in the ring at all times, and they did it more triple threat style. They had all three men in the ring one time. I thought that was an interesting twist. Um, I don't want This match didn't go long. Some high flying in there. I was impressed by Joaquin Wilde's 450 splash. I love the tag team moves of uh, Rizango with the with the like I guess the the strike to the leg drop with the knees underneath the opponent. I think that I don't know what they call that, but it's dope. The only thing about this match that really stunned me was the ending. <laughs> the ending kind of fell flat because they didn't it like it. He was just he ended on a super kick, which I was really like, oh, okay. Like after all this high flying stuff, like Breeze hits a super kick and and that was it. I was kind of shocked by that because I know that's not one of his finishers. Um but here we are again. Breezango is gonna get their second crack at Imperium. We know Imperium is gonna be at full strength again real soon because NXT UK is coming back next month. Yes. So this could be an actual good feud here. This this doesn't have to be a one-off. Maybe this will be something where um, they they give it some some time to work. Yeah, um, I really don't have too much to say about the match outside of what you said. That ending did kind of puzzle me a little bit because it was like, oh, a super kick, and then it was like, oh. That's it? Okay. Right. Like, I get a super kick at one point was like lights out, it's a finisher. And then it kind of transitioned to like a signature move. I'm looking at you, Dolph Ziggler. And now it's just, it's another spot. It's it's like a Canadian destroyer. Young Bucks, I'm looking at you. So to see a super kick actually in one, I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. And for it to be of all people, Brizongo. Like, I thought for sure Mendoza and Wild were going to take this one. But yeah, Brizongo wins, get another crack at Imperial. Like you said, Imperial, well, they might not be back to quote-unquote full strength, but you'll start, you'll see all four members of Imperial more frequently. Because NXT UK, they ran a promo... During, did they run it during TakeOver or did they run it during SummerSlam? Or both? Maybe both. Um, I feel like I did see it through TakeOver, though. Even even the um, – even they, they ran some some pretty strong Imperium vignettes before this match. Yeah, I saw that promo, and I was like, okay, what is this? And then I, I think I got the glimpse of, like, Walter first, and I was like, yep, yep, just waiting. I was like, oh, we're coming back. I'm a huge fan of NXT UK. It's a different style. It's a little more stiffer. 
and they also have the cruiserweight. So it's really going to get interesting. And I honestly kind of was hoping that, especially now, given the fact that NXT UK is coming back to us September 15th, if I'm not mistaken, that you would have Legato Del Fantasma win and then maybe knock off Imperial just so that your boy Escobar could roll up and be like, look at all this gold. I am the one true cruiserweight champ. And then for Devlin to pop up the screen and be like, no, 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 just no. Hmm. Still be that way, just without these tag titles. And while we're still here on this match, Oni and Danny deserve better. <laughs> not not because they were my pick, but because they actually deserve to be in a program for the tag titles that last outside of just one match. So I understand that since Brizango is now healthy, you want to push them. The, the, the whole goal of them coming back down was to be pushed this whole time. I get it. But damn it, at some point, Oni and Danny have to win these belts just, just for the strength of uh, – being in this this mainstay gimmick for so long. But yeah, that was the pre-show. Now we got to go to the real show. The real show. The, the real, real. And we started off with the Prince. You know, we did. And I tweeted this. I don't know if you saw the tweet, but I tweeted. I was like, not how I would have started the show, but, but... It makes all the sense in the world simply because you think NXT, you think Ciampa, you think Adam Cole, and you think Finn Balor, especially Balor because Balor was the one that took NXT from the Hulu dark days to the network, just being like, oh, okay, to like, oh, NXT is like legit, legit now. Yep. So, yeah. Why not start over, take over Triple X, still not calling it 30, with the man, the myth, the legend, the prince? His opponent, Timothy Thatcher, and kind of like a blood feud over being in the second chance contender matches for North American title ladder match. So just, just the fact that this match went on before that, I don't mind that because both these guys were the, the outsiders of that match. And everything we expected, hard-hitting match, I love the play on submissions that Thatcher has. I love that they played on Balor um, missing the coup de gras, hurting the leg. Thatcher immediately going to a submission. And at that point, I was actually shook. I was like, shit, Ben about to take another clean L. I was kind of hoping for it a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, they had me for a little bit. They did. I actually believed. I was like, wow, Finn is about to take another clean L. And I don't know what, how the hell I'm going to defend this man as this huge boss if he <laughs> out here jobbing everybody. But um, in the in the end, uh, Finn regained his his composure. Coup de gras, 1916, and we out of here. I don't think that loss really hurts Thatcher at all, because um, Thatcher's his body of work in the ring is just so punishing and bruising that he can just be that guy that you know that can fight. I look at him like like a Oni Lorcan on like mega steroids with more skill. Like, he doesn't necessarily need to be in the big few stuff like that. He'll be around, and you know he can get busy. But mm -hmm. if Finn would have lost this match, my God, where does he go from here? <laughs> like, I have <laughs> no idea how you validate that, man. He, you can't keep coming out here on these black and white promos talking all this shit, <laughs> taking these L's. 
Can't do that. So I'm happy that Finn won. Um, it would be nice to see him do a program, not not right off the bat, but it would be nice to see him do a North American title program here in the next couple of months and maybe finally uh, capture that title. Yeah, you, you got a point because it's like, all right, Finn loses. What are we doing? And it's like, I, I don't know. Establishing stars is what you're doing. But it does kind of take away a little bit from Finn's whole, why are you saying my name? Like, don't you dare come for the prince. Do you not know who I am? I made this. This is my house. And it's like, bruh, this might be your house, but I'm Rick James. Like, like, come on. So, yeah, nice win by Finn. And I think that's where we're headed next is Finn, North American title. Because... You can only tease us for so long, right? Right. What else is there for Finn to do? Cole lost his title before Finn could take it off of him. So what? what's the Prince going to do? He said, hey, I'm coming for the North American title. He got into this beef with Thatcher over the North American title. It looks like he's finally dispatched Thatcher. So the only other thing that can logically make sense to me, and this is, again, because NXT UK is coming back, is that some way, somehow, you kind of kickstart, restart the whole Imperium Finn Balor beef? And I said Thatcher was part of the original Imperium. Maybe Bartell and Eichner bump into Thatcher and it's like, sup, buddy? And they just walk away. Kind of like how the original, how Imperium formed in Angus UK was Walter was like, I don't need no help. They kept bumping into Walter, Walter just being like, hmm. Like you need some help. How's it going? Good to see you. Been a while. So on and so forth. And they come finally save him. Maybe. Same thing. Thatcher tries to run it back with Finn. Finn's getting the upper hand. Bartell and Eichner. Eurobomb. We strike the pose. The mat is sacred. Finn versus Imperium. We find a way to smuggle Walter in or Finn out. And boom. We're running. I would, I would love that. Otherwise, yeah, it's Finn gunning for that North American title. Or he's going on vacation for a little bit. Kind of that plug and play character right now. He like just like the aura of Finn Balor is automatically gonna make the feud relevant. And it's not a bad place to be. Yeah, I mean, everybody benefits from stepping in the ring with Finn. That's a good problem to have if you're with the NXT brand, to be honest. The Finn rub is a legitimate thing. It's not just lip service. Exactly. It's like, hey, Finn Balor. Yep, that's right. Finn Balor. I am the prince. Because your boy Velveteen kind of got a little bit of his stock back, despite, you know, wrestling Twitter coming for him. Golly, and like endlessly coming for him. If you watched SummerSlam and saw the the person in the in the under one of the Thunderdome screens with the hashtag um, Fire Velveteen Dream uh, screensaver or something like that. Yep, and that so, person got perma banned. Yeah, so I mean, the message is clear. But I mean, if I'm being completely frank, and I am thinking of these allegations, because there's no way this company would still. Utilize this man if he was actually guilty. He would actually be arrested by police and all that, yada, yada, yada. Um, 
But if you're calling for this man's job and supporting the product still, you're kind of counterproductive. Are you? Yes. Yes. If you really don't like something, then you can totally not support it and not invest your time and money into it. And that sends a larger message to getting change done than a hashtag. That's and, fair. And screen saving. And you know how I know this? You're going to love this. Oh, God. It's because I'm a fan of the Washington football team. <laughs> and if you've seen Washington football team games the past few years, you ain't seen no fans in that stadium. You saw away teams fans in that stadium. Fill that thing up. No merchandise, no sales, no nothing. You hurt in the pockets of the owner. And when the pockets of the owner are hurt, that's when there's more incentive for them to make a change. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Now, here's my counter to that, and I'm glad that you brought up that team that live, that plays in Virginia. Your owner didn't do a damn thing. Your owner's like, whatever. Tickets are still being bought. He, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. You can only protest something from the outside so much without making – you can only protest from the outside so much and make so much change. You really want to disturb some shit? Do it on the inside. Yes like, and no, because nobody, nobody on the internet that's complaining as a fan is really on the inside. Now, if there's employees that are leading that charge, then sure, that makes sense. But for to this point, I haven't seen anything. There's just only speculation about the employees not rocking with Velveteen. But um, as far as watch say, football team, real changes happen. You have a Hispanic head coach. On, you have on, the very on. first African American president of the team. In and this NFL is history. Change. Fair yeah, enough. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's be clear. Let, let's just be completely clear here. You, using the argument of the fans affecting this change, if Nike and FedEx didn't stop bagging up that Brinks truck to Snyder's house or whichever house or wherever, Snyder would have kept on rocking and rolling because we've been screaming for 20 years since he bought the team that, one, hey, your name is racist, dick shit. Please change it. Two, your name is racist, dick shit. Please change it. Three, can you hire a decent coach not named Shanahan? Like, can you get some young talent in here? Four, uh, sir, your name is racist. Please change it. And all we got is, hey, man, look, 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 look. That Indian over there says it's okay. That Native American likes it. It's, it's all good. Come on. Come on. Yeah, now, this, you're speaking about the name change. I'm talking about its actual organizational structure. You don't think that shit didn't come because you don't think that shit didn't come because of the money? Like, yes. I'll give you... Bro. Yes, and the fans affect the money. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Nike and Stop FedEx. supporting the WWE Network. Stop uh, watching the show. Uh, ratings are at an all-time low on certain programs, but if you keep watching it just to, like, complain at the man being on the screen, you're not, you're not helping. And Vince is chugging right along. I promise you, let's say there's what, like, the network is at, what, almost 2 million subscribers? Let's say you cut that shit in half. This is still going to keep chugging along. Yeah, it's a dent in the pocket. It's a dent in the pocket. Yeah, so I'm saying that's... all all the cries on Twitter. I mean, it, it works when you want to push a superstar, but you saw how long that lasted with hashtag Naomi deserves better. We'll see if she's the next in line to face Bailey, but they use that in the storyline. They're like, ha ha, we're gonna we're gonna, we gonna make a joke and book something out of this. I I just think there's better ways to go about it. And then obviously, I mean, one thing I saw this morning, Voting Dream actually saw an IG post a story of Aretha Franklin's song, Think. 
as well as a picture of the same a picture of Prince, uh, a Prince album cover, and Prince had "Slave" written on his cheek with the same song behind it. So I think he's trying to let people know, think autonomously for yourselves, and don't like just jump on something and believe everything you hear. Now I am right here entrenched in the middle. Don't come to my Twitter with all this negativity <laughs> um, or my IG. I like Velveteen Dream as a performer. I believe that if he did something wrong, then he should be reprimanded for it. But I just feel like somebody coming on Twitter and saying these things and not going to the police and stuff like that. I think you got to find that gray area and make it black or white. Uh, yeah, that's fair. But my point of saying that you can only change so much stuff on the outside is if you don't show up on the Thunderdome screen wearing stuff like that, they kind of ignore it because it's no different than if I smuggled a Sharpie in or if I went into NXT and I had Fire Velveteen on my chest and took my shirt off like that on, on the hard cam side. So you had no choice but to see it. Like, this is how you get their attention, whether right or wrong. So saying it's like, oh, but you're doing this. You're just going, you're feeding into the machine. I'm feeding into the machine to destroy it. I'm not just feeding into it for the sake of feeding into it. Really? So, yeah. And speaking of which, your boy. Ladder match. <laughs> That's a complete sidebar. But all just to say, yeah, Velveteen Dream was in the ladder match. And we're going to talk about this North American title ladder match because it was dope. It was. And you know what I realized? God damn, we need crowds back, man. These are. This has been the second quality ladder match since this pandemic started. Yeah, that's true. That we've had a banger of a ladder match, and it felt just like it was missing something, and that was the fans, because that triple threat at Mania was fuego. And then you give us this one, and I was like, damn. Like, that spot where Bronson Reed just splashes Gargano with Candice LeRae on his back? the pop that was oh, going to get the fact that cancel Ray got in there and got busy. And I've, I've been so like on the fence about the intergender wrestling, stuff like that. But I, I did pop for a lot of those spots. Like I thought for a second, he was going to do a senton with Candace on his back. And I was so hyped. I was like, please, please, please senton, please do the senton, please do the senton. But I'll settle for that splash. Cause she still took the impact. She still felt the vibrations. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, North American title ladder match. Damian Priest, who apparently stole Rhea Ripley, part of Rhea Ripley's entrance. Like, I just noticed this. No, that's not the vibes I got. Somebody told me he he went into Shawn Michaels' 90s wrestling closet. Yeah, with the jacket. But I'm talking about the head banging up and down. Yeah, that's kind of Rhea Ripley. He used to do that. Nah, he used to do that. Okay, well, Ripley jacked him either way. Somebody jacked somebody. There's a lot of jacking in this match, if we're being honest. Like, we can just go through the list and say uh, Damian Priest went into Shawn Michaels' uh, closet. Uh, Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed came Bam out Bam. like yeah, Bam Bam. Bigelow and Velveteen Dream came out with the Scott Steiner headdress. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, um, I'm pretty sure Johnny Gargano's attire was cosplay um, inspired. And forgive me if I don't know what he was cosplaying. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. I was like, what the hell is Gargano? What the hell did Gargano hijack? 
other than looking like some bubble gum. <laughs> but yeah, it it was it was a great match, and I'm not gonna lie. There were a few points where I had a couple texts queued up, ready to hit send to you. Oh wow! That I just had to delete through because it didn't come through. Man, and I already know what they were about because they, whoo, child, man, <laughs> they they teased me so much with Cameron Grimes about the witness title. I, I would have cut the whole pay per view off. I'd been done. Been the done. whole thing. Whole thing. I wouldn't have watched nothing else. I would. I was sitting there biting my fingernails. I was like, they're not gonna do this to me. And they kept teasing it so hard. But like, there was a moment when he was at, up there on the ladder by himself and actually reached for the belt. And I was like, I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, this is really gonna happen. Like, this is this is gonna be the worst day of my life. I was, cause I was actually like, you had those uh, comments ready. I, I had a tweet ready that <laughs> if Cameron Grimes wins this title, I need a restraining order against Jacob. <laughs> who, who, who can tell me how to get a restraining order? <laughs> like this is, I never hear the end of it. Never hear the end of it. That's how you felt. You you were just gonna quit the show basically. I should be done. Hiatus. Go to the <laughs> island. Go to an island to be remote. Uh, complete witness protection. Because no, <laughs> no. And then you know it's funny. There were a few times where I was like, uh, I think Velveteen hit the Dream Valley Driver on the ladder to somebody, and I thought that was really dope. Um, a lot of dope ladder spots that didn't really seem forced or like they they forced set them up, which I appreciate it. Because like you know, AEW they set up spots like very. <laughs> like, but notes to like who's the, who the viewer is. They were kind of subtle, but um, there is a few times where Dream was like completely out of the picture of the match, and you see all these other guys getting nerfed. I was like, shit, Twitter's gonna fucking burn <laughs> if Velveteen Dream wins this shit, and I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Also, those were texts I had for a second. I was like, God damn, here this is gonna win. That's like shit. That's like, all right, let me go ahead and get prepared for the onslaught from Sed. Let me go ahead and strike first, real quick. I was like, it's going to burn. And at that point, I would have posted my picture in my Velveteen Dream shirt. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want none of that smoke when I told you that originally. But I was like, you know what? If you win this match, I'll be that troll and just, like, just do it. But um, I'm happy that Damian Priest won. It's about time that they done something with him. He's, he's, he always seemed like he was destined for some type of spotlight since being on the Survivor Series team. And having that triple threat match with uh, Killian Dane and Pete Dunne, uh, that takeover weekend. So um, happy for it. They stuck with the course. And I think he'll be a good – I don't think he'll be a transitional champ. I think he'll be a very good champ, at least for the next several months. Um, and a lot of people on Twitter, or a few, I won't say a lot, are like, well, what is Damian Priest's gimmick? Uh, he's like – it's like that's like me saying, "What's Adam Cole's gimmick?" He's a, he's a he's a striker playboy. Like people was like, "Well, what do the girls make sense?" Like you, you always see him backstage with women, like rolling in a limo or drinking liquor. Like that that's his thing. It's like a playboy vampire is the best way I can put it. Yeah, without the teeth and the the like the shit from the brood. But I mean, yeah. that's that's who he is. But like. Um, you know what? You know what was really telling, man. Um, if you'd have told me when all the entrances happened, um, when I was watching her view, and I was like, "Oh shit, they're gonna give it to Bronson Reed because he debuted new music." Did he? Yeah. 
It's completely different music. Also, that shows you how much attention I paid to Bronson Reed's entrance beforehand. So, yeah, they debuted new music for him. I was like, oh, they're they're really pushing this guy to uh, to be the guy now. And, and you know what? You know what kind of made me upset, man. You don't wear that Bam Bam Bigelow fire unless you're gonna do a moonsault, brother. I was I was waiting for the moonsault. The thing is, the man can do it. What I'm saying. I didn't care. It didn't have this one didn't have to be on top of the ladder. And you know what? It was kind of cheap points because he wasn't really at the top of the ladder, but I'll take the spot. But I was just waiting for any moonsault anywhere since you were in the fire. You were in the flames. He was like two rungs short of being at the top of the ladder with a grown woman on his back. It was like, gotta go. <laughs> I'm saying, but and I don't even think uh that that didn't even effectively take Gargano at the match, right? I thought it, it killed him for about a good five minutes of the match. And then he yeah. just popped up out of nowhere. Because there were moments where I was like, oh, maybe Gargano's going to win because the the threat of Candice here um, is going to put him over. And I, you know what? With that thing, they did very well. I mean, you, you, it's rare that you see a ladder match really keep you in suspense over who's going to win. This one did very well of, like, teasing all those moments when somebody was going to grab the belt. Yeah. And there was even the moment where the belt like came slightly unhinged. It's like, oh, oh, no, oh. But you know what? In hindsight, I should have known Velveteen was going to take an L. He came out with some bland-ass tights. You know, yeah, and then everybody everybody cheered for the spot that he took with Bronson Reed knocking him off the the ladder into like all the way into behind the barricade, which was a hell of a spot. Hell of a spot. But I mean – more I mean, so, it's really good on the them. Group. Yeah. It, it's, it's really good on the company for pushing a new star. And that, that's the reason why when we were talking about all the predictions and previews, this is why it made sense to have Gargano and Dream in the match, just because, like, they've won the belt before. They've been in this ladder match situation. So it's believable when you think they're about to grab the title. But it's just like that, that small glimmer of hope. But – I thought it was a great match. If anything, this was the um, <sighs> I get was this the best match of the night? No, no. Oh, damn it, I gotta say it, man. The Pat McAfee match is the best <laughs> night of the mat- match of the night, man. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't letting you I wasn't gonna let you get them lies off at all. I enjoyed this match a lot, but um you know what? I said I got my dissertation. You know, I am sorry. I apologize for all the disrespect I gave Pat McAfee for weeks. Whoa, 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 that- whoa, hold on. Whoa, whoa. You just, nah, 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 nah. You just ain't going to slide all into that real quick. Let's just put a bow on this North American ladder match. Everything good? We got it all nice wrapped up. What's next for Priest? Because I feel like the Thick Boy is going to get the first crack. Either the Thick Boy or Cameron Grimes. Mm, I can see Grimes. He had a post match. Um, he had a post match interview with McKenzie. Um, so I can see Grimes probably making a proclamation for the title. But um, spoiler alert: we got a return on Wednesday, and Ciampa's coming back. So maybe Ciampa wants that title. I don't know. So we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with um, Ciampa coming back. We'll get into that with our preview show tomorrow. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out. I take that back. We, we know where Ciampa's going. And we'll get to yeah, that I think I know where Ciampa's going, but yeah. 
we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you. Bronson Reed and Cameron Grimes in a three-way feud moving forward for that title. Okay, that's fair. I can rock with that. So, but, uh, yes. Now let's slide into a few that I'm actually of a card. happy is over and completely done. Um, <laughs> Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. And um, I'll be the first. I, I apologize to you, Jacob. I apologize to our listeners. Um, I should have taken those highlight packages very serious. And this man <laughs> showed his ass. Dare I say, this is the best crossover match that ever. And when we talk about athletes crossing over to be, and you know what? I can't say ever. You can say he got his Ronda Rousey on. You can say he got his Stephen Amell on in the match because those were very impressive as well. But this will go down as top five. I dare say he put on better actual matches than a better actual match than any match that Ronda put on. Oh, well, here, here's outside of the Devil's Sasha Advocate. match. Outside of the Sasha match. Here's why I played Devil's Advocate. How much was that McAfee and how much was that Adam Cole? Because we know Adam Cole sold his ass off. Yeah, but McAfee didn't look McAfee didn't look green. McAfee didn't look like he just took a bump. McAfee looked like he had been doing this for a good little bit. Like he This is true. He looked like Kurt Angle. Like remember when Kurt Angle first debuted and you just looked at Kurt Angle, he's like, holy shit, like this is like this is kind of natural. Like it just flowed perfectly. I'm not yeah, saying man. McAfee is angle. I'm saying that McAfee just flowed. Like everything looked good, looked solid. Like, all right. Like, okay, kid, like you've been working on this for a couple, like you've been probably been training for about a year and a half, maybe two years in the background, you know, having a little fun and whatnot. Yeah, and then he finally made them say, hey, yeah, I can do this. Give me a match. And, and as far as the tea leaves say, Triple H says he doesn't think this will be McAfee's, McAfee's last match, man. But I was geeked from the start. Just just him hopping on the mic before coming out and is just delivering fire. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just delivering fire, man. Just like, let's do the damn thing. Hit my music. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, this, this is the first match. He's just talking this hot shit, man. But what made me pop, and, I, and I'll actually, um, I'll be vulnerable right now. What made me pop is when he did the Shelton jump. When he did the Shelton jump and just went from the bunnies, like, straight to the top rope, I, was, I, I, I popped for that. I was like, yo, <laughs> like, like, damn the moonsault. The moonsault was dope. But when he did the Shelton jump, I got off my couch. was like, yo, I didn't know he had that. I mean, the moonsault should have told you, but, yeah, you're right, like, and I think I tweeted you when the moonsault happened. I was just like, so old proverb. <laughs> let the disrespect, let the apology be as loud as the disrespect. No, not even, not even that one. That wasn't, that one was impressive because, but he also had like 10 people uh, catch him. I'm talking about when he landed on his feet from the top rope. Yeah, I think I tweeted them. Was it the, was it the swanton outside spot that I tweeted you that? You, t- you tweeted me the swanton spot, but the other one, the other one was like, oh, damn. I, oh, yeah, I, the moonsault. I was like, ooh. Uh, the moon that 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 landing on your feet backflip and he just did the Shelton jump. I was like, oh damn, Pat, forgive me, forgive me, because <laughs> <laughs> I was disrespectful. Because I was like, that's shit. hell. But the thing about the thing about the match, and that's why I played devil's advocate and say, hey, was it more McAfee or was it more Cole? Because Cole can make a 
Cole can make a slice of toast look great. Uh, let's let's be honest. He sold his ass off. He 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 sold a lot of Pat McAfee's offense, and um, even even played his size down a little bit to McAfee. And I, I would say that McAfee was more offensive than than Pat in this match. It was probably like um, 55-45, if I'm being honest. Which which you got to praise Adam Cole for uh, for doing that. Even the finish of the match, I thought was kind of it wasn't enough, you know? Like, if this match... One, I felt like this match went too long, but it also felt very even. Like, Adam Cole didn't beat Pat McAfee up. He just won the match, which is like, wow. Like, that's what we're doing? I think he started to beat McAfee up at the end before he won. And, yeah, the match did feel kind of good because you also played off the whole angle of Pat being under underrated underestimated and disrespected, kind of like you've been doing for the past couple of weeks. I can't believe I just said something that could be interpreted as me caping for Pat McAfee, but nonetheless, here we are. And yeah, it kind of played like, oh, like, okay, Pat got a little something, something, you know, it caught me by surprise. Cole played that role perfectly. And there was a spot in the match where I was like, God damn, can we end this? Like, it started to drag. I felt the spot where it started to drag, and I was like, all right, all right, then it picked back up. Because that Swanton, even though he did get caught by, like, 10 different people, still looked beautiful. Like, the Swanton itself looked pretty technically sound. Yeah, it did. I'm not even going to front. It looked dope. It looked dope. But but the being caught by 10 people would made me made me pause a little. I'm like, man, I could probably do that. I mean, it's no different than the, catch me. That's no different than the dead man diving over the ropes onto a crowd or Reigns doing it. Like, it's the same spot. Yeah. But still, for Pat McAfee, Mr. Punter, Pat the Punter McAfee, to hit that crisp looking of a swanton is impressive. It's very impressive. And um, I didn't like the finish of the match. I wanted to see him actually hit the last shot on McAfee to make it look more definitive. He did the Panama Sunrise, um, which it looked like it was way too set up, choreographed. A little uh, bit, yeah. Because he told Pat McAfee, like Pat McAfee's laying right there agonizing in pain, looking like you're about to hit the last shot. And he says, get up. Why would he get up and walk and bend over, <laughs> like, right in front of you for that move? Like, it, I think it wasn't it was, set up well. I think it was like a kid up, and he was, like, trying to get up. And he was, like, s- struggling to fully, like, get to his feet. And but then nah, Cole you, caught You know him. what it looks like, though. It, lo- it, it, looked like, it looked like he walked over to the area to get hit with the Panama Sunrise, though. I'm watching it now. I'm trying to fast forward to that spot real quick. I just saw the superplex after he just hit him with the Sheldon. It looked way too like, okay, let me let me walk over to this spot so we finish the match, which it doesn't discredit the match. Um, shock value and everything, this was that because nobody came into here saying like, all right, this is going to be a like a barn burner. I told you, I, when they first announced this, I was like, they better make this a street fight. Like, I'm not doubting McVie, but I was like, you got to make this a street fight to make it just a little bit believable. So I got a question for you, and this is going to be incredibly flagrant and incredibly disrespectful, and your answer may or may not make it worse. Who had a, who had the better debut match, Pat or Dominic? I'm going to say Pat. 
Okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't alone in that. Like, don't get me wrong, Dominic Mysterio put on a pretty solid match, like a pretty damn good match. But I think Pat McAfee, I don't know if it's because we, I set the bar like somewhere, maybe a couple feet off the ground for McAfee. I put the bar about six feet for Dominic because I know that he had been training for like ever. Right. It's like, okay. And then plus it's like, oh, yeah, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, yeah, he'll definitely get busy with it. And yeah, I just, I think McAfee had him. And my question is, what do we do next for McAfee? I don't think we do anything next for McAfee. I think he goes on and talks about how he goes and went toe-to-toe with Michael Cole. I'm sorry, with Adam Cole on Twitter and on his podcast. And then I, I think from right now, it's just squashed. I think the Indisputed Era moves on. I think that's why I felt like it felt flat. Like, he didn't get beat up. He can honestly say – and one of the most telling things about this is that I think – I think uh, – Bullet Bubba Ray tweeted this out is that Adam Cole won the match, but Pat McAfee went over. Yep. That's like Bubba Ray's quote. It's like, who won and who actually got over? Like, oh, I don't know what it is. He's like, Adam Cole went over, but Pat McAfee got over. And yeah, Cole did tease the last shot. Panama Sunrise, and I think that was Vic Joseph on the call. If Vic calls that the Panama City Sunrise one more time, I'm going to slide down 75 South real quick, pull up to full cell, knock on the door, and just ask Mr. Joseph to step outside. It's the Panama Sunrise, sir. We don't need the Panama City. He's the Panama City playboy, and he hits you with the Panama City, I mean the Panama Sunrise. Like, that's it. Details. Context matters. But yeah, hopefully this week on NXT, we'll see something new for the Undisputed Era as they're reestablishing themselves on the brand. Um, and I welcome it. I welcome it wholeheartedly. But I think that's the last we'll see of Nicole and McAfee beef for the time being. Maybe McAfee gets that uh, that rub in the Royal Rumble in 2021. That's probably the next time you'll see him. I'm not opposed to that. But yeah, McAfee did address it on his podcast. I didn't see what the exact... Um details of what he said, but I saw it. I was like, okay, looks like we put a nice little bow on that. Mm-hmm. So, one yeah. thing that one thing that I don't think has a bow on it, despite the outcome, is your women's championship. Yeah, that ain't over, Chief. I don't think that's over. Um, I like the match. Um, I like I, I like how Dakota Kai and Io Shirai work together. And Raquel Gonzalez was a force in the match until uh, Shirai took her out. One one thing I talked to you about, because um, we know you're a Raquel Gonzalez stan, I've actually heard some rumblings that she is uh, MAGA. I had a feeling you were going to bring this up, and I would just like to state that for the record, I have no recollection of who this woman Raquel Gonzalez is. She looks like a second-rate China. Um, and I mean second-rate, like Great value, China, I dare say. If these allegations are indeed true, this is no longer a Raquel Gonzalez stand account or stand podcast of any shape, form, or fashion. And I'm, I'm a little bothered by that, but not nearly as upset as your boys uh, Seahawk would be because we all know she he was just waiting to get dead lifted and arm dragged by her. So I think I'll be okay. All right. I, I, I just heard the rumblings of that. 
Um, I haven't seen any proof, so I don't know where people are seeing um, the proof, but uh, that's kind of unfortunate. And I've actually heard that if that is the case, then um, there might be some reasonings that uh, Dakota Kai doesn't actually want to work with her. Oh, which would kind of end this whole nice little thing we got going with the the diesel HBK throwback. Yeah, quick sidebar. Let's just go ahead and dive into this real quick. I did a quick little look at the IG, and I, I, I didn't see anything. So we'll give her props for at least being smart enough not to have it on her Instagram. Um, Riker, we're looking at you with, you know, not shooting yourself in the foot on social media. But let's see if we can find Raquel Gonzalez on Twitter. And yeah, I can see Dakota Kai being a New Zealander, and I'm just taking a guess here. It seems like she's very with it. Just judging, not necessarily wanting to associate with something such as that. So, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Which again, like you said, very very sad that it um could potentially lead to the end of a really great and dynamic on-screen pairing. All right. And shout out to Dakota Kai for the Hannah Kimura-inspired ring gear at TakeOver. Very solid stuff all around. Um, But, yeah, hopefully – I actually like this pairing. I don't want to see it uh, neutralized just because um, of politics, but that is the climate we live in now. But – Let's hope that it was just more smoke than actual fire um, in that yeah. instance. But you know what's funny about this? Quick side. We're, we're just going to stay slightly here on the sidebar. She is Hispanic. Like, not not a, just a little bit of irony, maybe? Yes, no? A little, little, little bit of irony in there? It depends on what part of the region of this country you come from, but I would say it's not as far-fetched as you think it should be oh i didn't say it was far-fetched just the irony because i grew up with a cat he's mexican i grew up in alabama uh he lived like right down the street from me real cool through school uh that man is about as maga as maga comes now and i'm just like i am going to distance myself like i hit that block on friend combo on facebook i was like i can't do this like sir did you forget that you're mexican first so mm-hmm. yeah like i Irony is the best way I know how to describe that. And that is like hell of irony. So I'm going through her likes right now just to see if there's something there because now you have me interested. And she like tweets in Spanish on a regular basis. Yeah, I don't think you'll find anything. Um, hey, look, if Riker was stupid enough to tweet it, most people tweet something or like something and be like, oh, ain't nobody going to check the likes. We, we checking the likes today. Oh, Robert Stone has Logic, two kids. checking the likes. Oh, he's Boy, checking the likes. Uh, Gonzalez paid. She 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 played her role in this match, um, and hit hit Shirai with a power bomb while um, the ref was down and whatnot. It just wasn't enough, and that's that's kind of the way I felt this match was going to go. Gonzalez is going to play her role to try to help Shirai win the title, but this is not the right time to pull the title off Shirai. Shirai hit her moonsault on the outside to hit to, to nail Gonzalez, take her out of the equation, hit another moonsault to retain her title against Dakota Kai. Now, one, one thing I've noticed is that 
Dakota Kai's moonsaults, man. It seems like she's hitting people in the face and all that with her knees and stuff a lot lately. That has to hurt like hell. Going stiff, baby. Going stiff. Yeah, man. Um, and let's keep in mind, and this is actually where I wanted to get to with this whole women's title thing um, and this feud. We saw Gonzalez jump Shirai after the match. Mm-hmm. Who came and made the save? Rhea Ripley. <sighs> get the stare down with Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez, only for Kai to take Gonzalez away and her back down to Rhea Ripley. And there's a nice graphic floating around the Twitterverse right now. It's a really nice shot, actually, of Shirai celebrating with her side in the ring. You see Ripley staring from the entryway, like just looking really dark. Um, so we know that Ripley hasn't had a one-on-one shot for the title yet. And we know that she has the program against the Robert Stone brand right now. Mercedes Martinez looks like we're going to get Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley as well. And like the battle of picks on somebody your own size, but Ripley's always eyeing that title. And I actually, um, I like that. I I love it. I, I love how they made it look so dark and, and scary. Like I'm always watching you. I know Jacob, going to hate that Ripley's around the title at all. Um, but I think they did it very subtle and well this time. That shit was about as subtle as a baseball bat to the face. Also, hey, <laughs> you know how you said you were going to try to find a way to put a restraining order against me had Cameron Grimes won? Yes. I need somebody to put a restraining order against Rhea Ripley and the NXT women's title. I don't need you to be within 15 challengers or contenders. Like, you know how the UFC has their rankings 1 through 15? And with your champ at the top? I need Rhea Ripley not ranked. Like, not ranked. That's disrespectful. No, it ain't. You spent the whole year floating around the title picture. Even when your ass went on vacation, you came right back to the title picture. Who the hell do you think you are? Randy Orton? Charlotte Flair. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's like, come on, man. Like, look at all the talent on NXT. Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox. Like, Tegan was a one-off. Kai might be a one-off. Candice LeRae hadn't had her crack. Mia Yim hasn't had her crack. Hell, you might as well bring Bianca back because I'm tired of her watching her f- figure out who poisoned her husband. Like, come on. Like, you got all this. And you want to keep running back the same person? I'm sorry, whether you like it or not, Ripley is the star power on the brand. So at some point, it'll be Ripley and Shirai, but I think that Shirai and Kai will continue this uh, for the foreseeable. Maybe Candace gets in there somehow. Um, I don't see Mia Yim getting in there, which we got to talk about the world title match because it's very controversial, and we got to spend some time on that because I'm kind of interested to see where Mia Yim does go from now that she is relatively going to change her story arc. Are they going to turn her heel or all of the above? I would love to see it because she needs to get some more spotlight and she seems like she's headed for that because uh, there'll be no more um, couples feuds or anything like that for her and NXT brand. Now, um, just to put a bow on that for the women's title, I think we'll still see Raquel and Dakota attack Io Shirai this upcoming week on NXT. 
I think you can book that. It's, it's not the last you'll see of Dakota Kai chasing this title. I think it'll just be Dakota. Like, it'll branch off and just be the Dakota feud like we saw. Also, I'm re-watching this match, and Eel took a nasty little spot earlier in the match where she did the handsprings off the ropes and, like, Dakota sidestepped her. I don't know if she, like, bumped her, but she kind of landed on her head a little bit. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Which is really weird for EO to have any kind of issues on something like that, anything from the ropes. Because EO is top two best pure wrestlers on the brand. Top three. Behind Asuka, our head of Asuka and Sasha, depending upon how you want to rank them. Yep. So I was like, huh, that seemed a little weird. But yeah, I think it's going to be Kai because I think Big Mama Cool, if I have to stop calling her Big Mama Cool, I'm going to be highly upset. I think Big Mama T-shirts, mate. I tell you, hey, save myself 25 bucks. If Big Mama Cool ends up with Rhea Ripley, I think they're going to try to kind of put a little space here because if you go Kai and Gonzalez against EO, and you weave in Ripley, that makes it way too easy for Ripley to step over to a title match because they'll literally be like, hey, I saved you from getting your ass beat again and again. You never gave me a one-on-one match. You got lucky and hit me with a moonsault when I was occupied, yada, 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 and here we are. I know you don't want it to happen, but you need to accept that that's going to happen. I refuse. Since my line is hot and tapped, I will say everything possible to make sure it doesn't happen. You have to accept that that is the destiny of this women's championship. It will be Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. And at that point, whoever loses is getting called up. Hmm. You know what? That seems like a nice segue. (laughs) And speaking of call-ups and things (laughs) that don't make sense, Karrion Cross taking on your NXT champion, Keith Lee, And I'm going to start this match by saying, what the fuck? (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Real quick, real quick. And you can bleep that out. I ain't bleeping shit out. So we're going to be here for a minute, which is why we kind of got through everything kind of quickly. We're going to be here for a little minute. But um, remember how we were talking about how a couple things just felt flat? What the hell was that ending that felt flat. Yeah, man. And and dare I say, I mean, we know Karrion broke down Keith Lee throughout the match. Keith Lee came out real hot, throwing bombs, using the power game against Karrion. And you can say that, yeah, my man was shook at the beginning of half the match. And then Keith Lee, um, I forget where he hit his – he ran into the pole yep. and messed up the arm. Karrion starts to focus on the arm. Um I want to say, I don't want to say this was a bad match. And I love shock value. I love surprise. I was legitimately surprised at the end of this match. Legitimately. And that rarely happens. Um, hold on, hold I thought on, Keith quick. Lee. Go ahead. Was it a pleasant surprise? Or was it like <sighs> a what the hell surprise? I'm just saying surprise. Like, yo, like I didn't, ex- like, like you didn't see it coming. The, the tagline for SummerSlam, you didn't see it coming. 
<laughs> I thought this was going to be either no finish or Keith Lee triumphantly avenging his friend. And that's not what we got. <laughs> it's not what we got at all. And um, we can talk all about the the way they booked themselves in the corner. We can call this the Fiend 2.0. But they actually have a they have a plan for this man named Karrion Cross. And you can say that I can also say that there's a possibility that Vince, Vince McMahon couldn't wait to get his hands on Keith Lee and was like, hey, I need him now. I need him now. I need him now. And, oh, my God, God, please be with Keith Lee in the booking uh, for wherever he where, where he goes on uh, Monday Night Raw. Because if he start, if he turns into the Funkasaurus or something like that, oh, my God. Uh, wrestling Twitter will burn everything to the ground. But – I would say I agree with you. The match ending felt flat. He flat. He hit his um. He hit his doomsday Saido. Um, Lee kicked out. I I thought in my heart of hearts he was going to hit the uh, the Big Bang catastrophe off the second row. I thought I thought that's what was going to happen. I was convinced that Keith Lee was going to win the match that way. And then you get the doomsday Saido off the second rope and one two three. And that was like the flattest three I've ever seen. Cause I'm like really. <laughs> like word and, and it's not because cross ain't a viable threat we know he's a viable threat but it's like we spent the greater part of the last nine months making keith lee the top threat in the industry since survivor series of last year the moment with brock lesnar royal rumble like and he he, he he's the first and only double champion in nxt he lets one title go because he wants to be fair and be a good sport. And he practically loses in his first title defense. Let's call it what it is. I'm not going to call the Dijakovic uh, a real title defense because it was gifted. This is his first title defense and he, and he lost. So I don't care what type of plans you have for him on Monday Night Raw. I don't care if he goes and nerfs all of retribution. I don't care. You just made him go out on his back weak in his first title defense in NXT. He wasn't a tag team champion. He won the North American title, had a nice run, uh, won the world title at the same time, and didn't even defend it. Then he leaves. That doesn't tell a good story. And whoever wrote that, shame on you. Shame on you. Because Keith Lee damn sure should have ran this back at the next big pay-per-view and just been like a a menacing monster after training for a couple months. And I I can't fathom the fact that Karen Cross probably not going to lose this title for the foreseeable future. Um, and we also got to talk about how, and um, I can totally see how you can get hurt. We'll see if it's a serious injury or whatnot. I haven't heard anything about it. They got some stories up on .com. Um, but throwing a 300-pound Keith Lee, like anybody will get hurt, let's be real. Um but I'm hearing separated shoulder for Karrion Cross, which sounds very Finn Balor-like in the first Universal Championship match, but it's yet to be seen. All right, so where do we start here? All right, we'll, we'll work backwards a little bit. Um, yeah, looks like Cross actually did legit separate his shoulder. He was scheduled for MRI on Monday. Results haven't come back yet as of our recording, which here's the problem. You mentioned Finn. Very, very finished. Finn did tear something in his shoulder. 
started, oh, it's just a little separation. No, Finn jacked his shoulder up. And we know the spot. It was the buckle bomb to the outside that messed it up. So with Keith, I'm sorry, with Cross, all right, you have a separated shoulder. Cool. You also just called up, and I use called up in quotes, your former champ to Raw. Cool. If Cross is out for, there's allegedly a takeover planned in October, and then Survivor Series weekend is the end of November, so that's War Games. We are at the end of August. You got, what, two months? We'll skip October. You got basically three months to build up somebody, right? If Cross is out for a month, month and a half, two months, you got to strip him. And I get injuries happen, so yeah, but it's like, yo, um, don't you feel like a dumbass right now, WWE? Because you booked yourself into a corner. Me and you spent weeks on this podcast saying you guys booked yourselves into a corner for no damn reason other than see if you could book yourself into a corner and find a way out of it. So it's just like, what are you going to do? And I don't know if you guys, our listeners, listen to the Corner Podcast with Andres Hale and Kel Dansby. Both gentlemen have come through and stepped inside the Believe in NXT ring with us, so make sure you go check those episodes out. But Andreas has been saying for about the past month or so of like, why the hell are we doing this? Why are we here? It makes no damn sense. And it really doesn't because you literally hot-shotted Cross to the top. Like, Cross could have nerfed through Lorcan, Birch, Balor, Thatcher, Priest, Dane, Reed, Gargano, Velveteen, Roddy, Fish, O'Reilly, Cole. That's like 15 people right there, just off top. Like, you have a roster of people that you could have slowly built carrying Cross up with by just beating everybody. But, you know, it is what it is. So, here's my... Also, here's the other part of this issue. Counterbooking. Remember how I literally have sat here week after week and been like, stop counterbooking. Stop trying to counterprogram AEW. Don't worry about what they're doing on their side of the tracks. Because tell me how Keith Lee defends his North American title one week in a triple threat. And the very next week, you have your longest reigning champ, Adam Cole, go up against Keith Lee with no build, no nothing. It's just the stakes of, hey, somebody's leaving champ, champ. Why? Why? Why are you doing this? Why? And you can argue they double booked uh, Saturday Night Dynamite because maybe they knew that we're going to have the big blow up with Cody losing title to Brody Lee and, and practically a squash match. And they're like, oh, we got to one up them and do something shocking. Um, yep. But you know what's messed up, man? Um, like, what's really foul. Um, and this is what Leo Rush was talking about about pandering and pandering to um, communities and communities of color and whatnot. Because this was just pandering. Yeah, you I was going to get to that. A very too. successful champion and all that. And you just took it away that fast, that fast. And everybody would say, oh, yeah, I'm happy for Keith Lee because he's getting called up. We, he was destined to be called up. This was the wrong time to do it. This reeks of Kofi Brock Lesnar. It reeked of that. Yeah, I was going to get all into that because, okay, one, I tweeted this out 
Saturday night after the end of the match, I said, a lot of y'all owe Leo Rush an apology for killing him when he said that they put the belt on Keith as a stud. Because, yeah, it, 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 it turns out to be a stunt. The man held the title for 52 days. I'll go. I'll acknowledge the Dijakovic title defense because, technically speaking, it was a title defense. I'll acknowledge it. I understand why you don't. I'm not saying you're wrong. But the man held the belt for 52 days. You put the title on him to counter-program AEW, and you even had that leaked in advance, and I promise you, while you may have caught backlash if you called an audible, you probably should have called the goddamn audible. That's like me as a coach giving you the play said, and you going into the huddle and be like, man, fuck that. I ain't, nah, fuck that. We ain't running this. I'm going to run this. And I could tell that you changed the play, and you may have had a better result than the play I called. And you're like, fuck it. I'm going to take the backlash. But it's like, yo, call an audible. Because if the end game was to have cross champ, why are you using Keith Lee as a transitional champ? Which is what I've said for weeks. Like, I was like, nah, this, this ain't, this, something just didn't sit right with me. And then I said on the preview show, Keith Lee's going to look like a dumbass if he ends up losing this title after he just gave up the North American title. And sure enough, just gave it up. There was an interview where Keith Lee was like, yeah, it was like half my ideal like part my ideal and part WWE or NXT where he was like, yeah, if I have to defend a North American title, that's me being in two segments, multiple segments, having two matches. Like I'm taking spots from other people and I don't want to do that. Like I get it. I get it. Good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. You know, also the first champ champ, you just want to cough one up and then to put it on cross. It's the Fiend 2.0. Like, you hot-shotted the Fiend to the title, and then I was like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, being undefeated is not a good thing. Goldberg's 121-0 streak made sense because, you know why? He literally went from squash match, squash match, squash match, Mondo, Mongo McMichael, couple bigger names, couple bigger names, bigger names, slowly, slowly over like two, three years, build himself, what, like two years, a year, two years, built himself up to that moment. Cross has been on the uh, NXT roster since April, May. We'll say late April, May, like. Not very it, long at all. Yeah, and he had one few with Ciampa, got Ciampa up out of here. Daddy comes home tomorrow, and we'll talk about it on the preview. And then it was like, okay, had a little beef with Dakikovich and had a little beef with um, Bronson Reed. But it's like, come on, like, what are we, like, why? Because now it's like, this man is so unstoppable. He ended the run of the limitless Keith Lee who knocked off Adam Cole. <clears throat> so was that a fluke that you beat Cole or was Cole just not that good? Because I'm going to do wrestling math here. I'm going to do some Steiner math. Like, something got to add up here. And back to the Kofi Brock bit, our boy Jeff tweeted it out. Make sure you go check out the episode with Jeff J, where he delivered classic gems, including call, calling Charlotte Thanos, which is still probably a top five bar on this show from somebody not being one of us. And I told Jeff, like me and him kind of had a little back and forth about it. And I was like, um, where's that exact tweet? Let me find this real quick. Because, Jeff, here we go. 
Because somebody tweeted, Jeff, WWE will never book a black world champion properly. And Jeff responded, Kofi, The Rock, Mark Henry, and King Booker, and others may want a word. To which I responded, they book Kofi properly? Because it me and you have had this discussion back and forth. Like, if you look at Kofi's title run, it, it was solid-ish. But let's be honest, that Randy Orton feud, they ain't quite booked that the best, best way they could have booked it. And then the end of it, because that's why I told Jeff, I was like, you got to stick the landing. No? Like, it doesn't matter if you don't stick the landing. You got to stick the landing. And they did not stick that landing because that man got nerfed by Brock. And I think a former WWE writer, somebody on the inside tweeted out and was like, yeah, that was the plan from day one. So from day one that this man won the title, it was like, oh, doesn't matter. He's getting his ass nerfed by Brock whenever we move to Fox. And I, and I, actually, I actually jumped on that same thread, though. But I, I do feel like they booked Kofi strong during title run. Strong blaming that he had meaningful programs to look strong in his matches against those people. Not just um, Randy, but you're talking about Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens. He looked, he looked every bit of the main event scene. That's what I mean by book strong. It just ended shitty. All right, now, here we go. Hold on, hold on. You're going to love what's about to come out of my mouth next. Jinder Mahal had a better title run and a better end to his run than Kofi. That's fair. That's fair, but that doesn't discredit Kofi's main event push. It doesn't discredit Kofi's push, but also, like, Big E hit the Miz with on Talking Smack. What's happening? Where's Kofi's run back? What's going on? Like, come on. Don't give me the whole, you just got to work harder, so on and so forth. Like, nah, you waited 11 years. Like, he waited 11 years. Like, Miz, you got it here and got yours within, like, two. And um, quick sidebar. Before me and you hit record, we were watching the end of SummerSlam talking about it. And remember how I said Reigns and The Fiend and Braun were going to basically be like a three-person feud? It's official. Payback this Sunday. The Universal title is on the line in a triple threat match. The Fiend defends against Braun and Roman. There you go. So. Back to Keith Lee. I say all that to say Leo Rush was, Leo Rush was white, uh, right. Keith Lee deserved better. There's really no such thing as being called up anymore when NXT is on literally the same network as Raw. And um, you really could have just done Keith Lee versus Adam Cole at this takeover with a proper build, make it feel like the stakes are high, make it feel important, and also it would have saved said a month and a half, a month or so of slandering Pat McAfee. We all could have came out better for this, but here we are. So I ask you, what is next for Karrion Cross? Um, so what is next for Karrion Cross? And I appreciate your Kofi takes. Um, I love talking about Kofi on this pod. I think it's warranted. Um, I, I might be in the minority. You remember I'm the New Day stand of this duo, and I have every piece of merchandise. I still wear my Kofi as champion shirt. So I think he had a strong booking. I, and, ah, oh man, his. you know what, his – 
I feel like apparently his run Junior Mahal isn't fair outside of just the timeline, like how many months it was. But I, I get that. But as far as Cross, um, it is fair though, in a way, because if you think about it, no, because he's a dashedly heel. He didn't win a lot of matches clean. He won them the heel way. No, no, Kofi went over. Kofi went over legitimate main event stars. You call Dolph, you call Dolph Ziggler a legitimate main event star because we could literally backtrack like a month ago with the conversation we were having about Dolph being in the title picture. I feel you, but like, like I, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm all for that. But we know that Dolph is like your perennial plug and play guy. Like he can be a mid carder, he can be a main event guy. He's your plug and play. And when you look at his accolades, he's definitely Hall of Fame. Whether oh, you yeah. Hall of Fame's a joke or not, but he actually has the title, the titles and stuff like that. So. Good feud, way to, good start. He went toe to toe with Randy Orton, uh, surefire legend in this game. Kevin Owens, everybody loves. I thought that was a good feud, even though they pulled the. Tr- I think they pulled the trigger on it too soon with the big O thing. Um, I, I thought it was well done. I thought everybody he faced made him look every bit of worthy of that spotlight. Um, Carrying Cross, I, I, and it sucks that it has to be Keith Lee because you, you you literally took like the biggest uh, African American star in the sport right now, um, any any uh, federation, and you made his title. You, you you made him Sasha Banks, bro. <laughs> I was really trying to avoid that, but yeah, you made him Sasha. You Sasha Banks this whole title run, fifty two days, like, and that doesn't like make anything. Um, it doesn't make anything. It doesn't make a call up to Monday Night Raw, which is like the show where superstars go to die. It doesn't make it sound any better. But as far as carrying crosses, he's our champion for the foreseeable future. And let's just let's just scrap the whole thing with the injury. And let's say he's going to be healthy moving forward. It seems like this is built for Ciampa to come back because Ciampa's whole mission in coming back from the neck injury when he challenged Adam Cole was I got to get Goldie back. He got his ass whooped by carrying cross. Now Karen Cross got Goldie. It's not about the ass no more. It's about getting Goldie back. And I would not be surprised if the Blackheart, who is the perennial face of the NXT brand, is the one to dethrone Karen Cross. I would not be surprised if they did that um, at War Games. Wouldn't be surprised at all. All right, so here's the problem with that. You got your ass nerfed by this man. I ain't finna buy shit that you took two months off and you feel like you can get his number now. Like you booked yourself into a corner with Cross. He's the Fiend 2.0. How are you going to get yourself out of this? Because he has been nerfing everything and everybody, including the hottest act in pro wrestling, like you said, since last November has been Keith Lee. Yes, he's lost some steam due to the pandemic, but guess what? So has 98% of the roster. So, Cross got him out of here. Who is going to beat Cross? Like, are you going to slide Adam Cole back? And be like, Cole's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm just going to, you know, run mine. You know, I'm the thing that's messed up me. is that everybody that we name in the NXT brand, like, literally, Top to bottom. Nobody – when we look at the stature of these superstars, and I don't like doing the Pat McAfee thing and, and size and body shaming, but that's what we're about to do right now. Keith Lee makes the most sense to beat a 
carrying across. He's a bigger man. He's not, he's very agile, does a lot of things in the ring that carrying across cannot do. That makes sense to tell that story. Keith Lee ain't here no more. So now you got all these guys that cross is noticeably bigger than trying to challenge this guy. So it seems like Karrion Cross is going to be champion for a very long time. Unless you have one of these matches where he doesn't have to get the pin, doesn't have to get pinned to lose the title. And damn it, um, you're listening to this on a Tuesday, we're recording on a Monday. If Keith Lee don't come out here and spirit bomb Drew McIntyre, <laughs> what are we here for? All right, so one, I'll get to that in a second. Two, if you go with like a fatal four-way or triple threat, what kind of what you know what that says? That is you admitting you were wrong and that you screwed up. They do it all the time. Yeah, they admit that they're wrong all the time. You know when they recently admitted they were wrong? What? When they put the title on Goldberg, they're like, We fucked up. <laughs> no, no, no. They had that planned out perfectly. However, they did not account for a damn pandemic. That one, that's not quite a oh, we up. That was like cool. Spear versus Spear will get a good seven minute match out of this. We got something here. I see where they were going. Ideally, it would probably make sense, probably play out better than I thought. Problem is, a pandemic was like, nah, nah, Playboy, hold on real quick. And thus, you got the squash match. Now, here's the problem with putting Cross in like a triple threat. That is going to be blaringly obvious that a Cross has been nerfing every last person. And for whatever reason, he's not involved in the decision. That basically literally says is, oh, we screwed up and this was the best way for us to get out. So it is what it is. Because then at this point, are you going to have Cross try to run it back? And then you just go right back into the circle. Cross is the thing 2.0. You hot shot at him to the moon too quick for no reason. If you so I game, like what you said on Twitter. Um, which one? Uh, apparently, this is the league where nobody is offended anymore and they don't run shit back. This is, this is Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor all over again. Nobody get, no, nobody's pissed off about getting beat up in wrestling anymore. They just take their bag and leave. Keith Lee going to walk in Monday Night Raw with a smile on his face, and we probably feel like he's going to get shot to the moon, but you know who he's going to fight? Dajakovic. <laughs> he's going to fight Dajakovic on Monday Night Raw again. And, and the same thing is going to happen with Karrion Cross. When it's time for Karrion Cross to lose – He's going to lose to one of the other mainstay faces in NXT that make the brown go the brand go round, and he's probably going to get called up to SmackDown. But in the in the midst of all of this, one thing that'll be a silver light is if we do this Survivor Series and we have these champions versus champions. You got to at least give me a, you got to at least give me, uh, carrying in the ring with Drew and the Fiend, or you got to give me carrying versus Walter. You you got to give me something. That just right. is like monumental. <laughs> All right, so you just fucked off Keith Lee for <laughs> a less than two month title reign for some mid shit. Man, you, you you think people gonna you think people mad at Velveteen Dream? Like they gonna start turning on NXT and turning on Triple H? Uh, what's funny is one, the Fiend ain't holding on to the belt to make it to the Survivor Series. Two. Give me Cross, Drew Mack, and Reigns. And all I need you to do is basically beat the hell out of Roman Reigns for like five minutes of that match, and I'll be happy. But I can tell you right now, there's no way Roman Reigns is winning this title in the next six months. Would you like to make a bet, sir? There is no way. Would you, like, gonna, 
They're Would you like to make to a bet? They're not about to shoot him like that. There's no. He is back to be a face of SmackDown to bring ratings back up, but there's no way in hell he's about to win a title. Would you um, like to make a bet, sir? Play, play, name your wager. Name your wager. <sighs> so you remember that Fantasma shirt? <laughs> Give me a three-piece special. I need you to get caught the Wild, the Mendoza, and the Fantasma. Hell no. Please name hell your no, state. That's flagrant. Hell no, that is flagrant as shit. Three shirts? Three Go, shirts that I don't like? Name your stakes. I'm letting you name your stakes for me. You told me to name my stakes. I said a three-piece special. Let me, let me get back to you. This, this, is, this is already too aggressive. Let me get back to you on that. Because you... It, it's been confirmed that he's going to compete against Strowman and The Fiend mm-hmm. on Payback this weekend, yep. which only lets me know that... Um, since, since, since I didn't see any edge from Braun Strowman in SummerSlam... It just seems like they're going to put Strowman back side by side with the Fiend. Even when Strowman's even Strowman's tweet uh, today was very telling because he was reflecting on being in the business for five years and how much he's accomplished, how far he's gone. And he said, after going to war with my brother, talking about Bray, I know that, uh, and that might not be a kayfabe thing because I know Braun is like the godfather of uh, Bray's son, so they're very close in real life. But I mean. I don't know what they're going to do with Braun Strowman because for better or worse, he's a transitional champion. So this seems like these guys are going to work together, Wyatt family style, and get Roman Reigns up out of here. Whether Reigns keeps competing for the title, that's one thing. I don't think he wins it. I think he's literally here just to um, bring star power back to the brand, which is why you'll probably see Brock Lesnar again soon. Which, right. <laughs> if you want to be – if you, and I know you're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking – if you really want us to forgive this Keith Lee for shit, you better have him nerf Brock Lesnar. You know, I wasn't even thinking that, but this is what I was about to say. Here's the problem with that. Ain't no way you bring in Roman Reigns back in the midst of a pandemic. Shocker. Newsflash. Breaking news, guys. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. Please wear your mask. Stay your ass at home if you don't have to go out. If you do go out, please practice safe social distancing. That being said, um, yeah, no, like you don't bring Roman Reigns back and have him beat down both of them to not win the belt. Like it might not happen at payback, but if you think Reigns isn't champ by SummerSlam, I'm sorry, by Rumble, come on. I feel like there's a different plan for him, if I'm being honest. Um, And I don't, I mean, and this is somebody who is, hoping the world goes back to normal so I can get WrestleMania in Los Angeles because that is a dream come true for me. But if, they, if they're doing WrestleMania in Los Angeles, you're obviously going to get Dwayne. That's a no-brainer. And if they do Roman Reigns versus Dwayne, then you don't need a title for that. Yeah, you do. Because you think The Rock's showing up for anything other than the title? He's showing up because of Los Angeles. It's, 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 it's WrestleMania Hollywood all over again. But um, so many emotions, so many emotions over uh, Keith Lee, and I and I hate that I'm making this a verb, but you you get the gist. Keith Lee got Sasha Banks, um, and we're gonna see if Karrion Cross gets Finn Ballard if his shoulder injury is worse than what it is. But booking yourself into a corner and counter booking is never the answer, and this is why if you go 
to WWE.com careers, they have a bunch of positions for writers. They're looking for script and television writers who can build storylines for these superstars. Cause all you see is the same regurgitated stuff and things that literally make no sense for the character arcs of your superstars that you love. Um, so I don't know where I, I, I have no answers for this, but I didn't like the ending. Don't like that. He gets called up literally a day later and doesn't have any, any animosity to try to get back at cross, especially after like cross beat up his best friend. So it's just dumb. <sighs> pretty much pretty, pretty much like it's cool. It is what it is. WWE booking, main roster booking in a nutshell. Because, yeah, you're right. I did tweet, like, the last two champs were like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'll go do something else. Like, just one time. Run it back. One time. Just one time. But it's all good. Keith Lee is heading to Monday Night Raw. I Here's the problem with this. You have to hot shot Keith Lee to a title. And the problem with that is Raw is so crowded. <laughs> Why bring him up? One, two, who are you going to hot shot him past? Because you think about it, Kevin Owens, he's kind of a little bit of a reboot here. Um, Seth Rollins, looking good like usual. Aleister Black, you can easily make into a top contender. Randy Orton is cooking with fish grease, chicken grease, and all the grease. Oh, let's not forget, you have the Samoan submission machine doing commentary, but who is also a viable threat at any given moment. So that's, that's a lot of people. And you're just going to bring Keith Lee in and just shoot him right there? And then what are you going to do with it? Because I feel like you're going to forget about Keith Lee within like three months, and then what? That's what's, that's what's trash, is that... Uh... And we know the star power Keith Lee has, so this could be very minuscule for him because all those names you name, like Raw is very overcrowded. And people will say, oh, well, it's a three-hour show. Well, they've shown that they don't know how to book three hours, which is why we have Raw Underground <laughs> for the final hour. Like, you have all these people who are coming up from NXT just because Vince McMahon is like, oh, this person's great. That's my shiny new toy. Well, shit, Aleister Black was. And you put a freaking – open gate creek in his entrance and now he's sitting there trying to cape for Rey Mysterio and now he's not even here. You took you took Alex Black and wasted him. You took uh Andrew Garza is now in the tag team. Andrade uh jobs out. Like you take all these guys from NXT who can be dope and legitimately making NXT like a dope third brand because that's what it is. It's a third brand and like you're stripping them of their star power and that gets you nowhere because these guys are forgotten on Raw. They're not at the pinnacle that they should be. Like Riddle, Keith Lee, Garza, Black, Ricochet, these guys should all still be at NXT cooking because there's nobody to fill those shoes yet. You're not wrong at all. Vince will learn. He will learn one day. <laughs> uh, probably not. Speaking of which, today is Vince's birthday as we're recording this. So happy birthday to the boss. 
stay true. Happy birthday, Vince, even though your decisions are trash. Thank you for bringing us this wonderful thing that we love and allowing us to, in a roundabout way, come here multiple times a week and talk about pro wrestling. However, since you like to tap my lines, at least you could do is shoot me some dough and or give me a job. Said as well. I don't want a job. I want a match. <laughs> hey, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm glad I you brought that up. Cause you I talked want to Cameron Grimes in the Thunderdome. Because you talked all that cash money about Pat McAfee. I saw that video from the gym, sir. So I just want to know. You, you sure you're going to one-up Pat McAfee? Are you talking about my jump? Yep. Oh, come on, bro. There, there, there's context <laughs> there. There's context there. Don't do me like that. <clears throat> Give people a moment of vulnerability and they don't, they don't want to take the context. I did, a, I did a complete leg workout and a series of other jumps before that and was wearing a 50-pound weight vest. That's different. That, that's me pushing myself. Absolutely. I can, I, can, I can get that shot and jump. I can do that. Oh. <laughs> I have to delete that. <laughs> I have to delete that post. If you coming at me like that, I, I simply was just going off of observations here, sir. Was context missing? Probably. <laughs> Everybody missed the context, but needless to say, um, yeah, give us some jobs. Give me a match against Cameron Grimes. Um. And a Royal Rumble spot. And we'll call it even. Oh, and you got you you're asking for too much, man. Okay. You asking for too you know they don't just hand out rumble spots. I, I need the cheap rumble spot. I'm not asking for anything big. Like I would love to be a commentator for WWE or a backstage announcer, and it's like you get the Michael Cole rumble spot where you just take the headset off and you go in the ring, get thrown out. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> nothing, nothing too serious. Okay, all right. That's that's fair. That's cool. It can be a lackluster Royal Rumble year where you don't really have anything booked, but hey, put me in. All right. That's cool. I'll just be sitting in the crowd looking like, damn, I got to go on the show and defend this. Like, wasn't that that's your co-host? Wasn't that your co-host that got thrown out in like six seconds? Yeah, yeah, that was my man's. Yep, yeah, we're here to break records, him. man. Regardless <laughs> of what records they are, we're here to break records. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to break a record this week on Believe on being the first show to drop five episodes in a week. This is episode number two. I, I, I think we've covered TakeOver before we continue with more frustration on the mishandling of Keith Lee. We're going to be here all week. Um, this is just the first time you'll hear about this because once I get a nice little waff of Monday Night Raw and we see what Keith Lee's doing, we're going to be right, we're gonna be right back. We're going to be right back with more, some more slander. Yeah, because uh, that Wednesday preview show that we give you every Wednesday for NXT. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna have some get off because we'll have a little more about the fallout from TakeOver X, and we'll see, we'll evaluate Keith Lee's first night on the quote-unquote main roster. So yeah, we'll, we'll have a good bit to get off there. And then of course, you know, we'll probably come back Thursday or maybe double up on Wednesday with a recap from Dynamite this week and a preview if you get it Wednesday. But you get that and you know, Saturday morning audio. Don't we? We got content for you. Is what we're saying here. We, we got content coming this week because we the podcast tag team champs. We go anywhere and everywhere with these belts, and guess what? We lead with them too. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. Now 
all we need you guys to do, other than continue to listen to this podcast and rock with us like usual, we need you to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in. We have podcasts. We will travel. And also, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore Jdella. Set is at said underscore says. That is C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. Not, of course, don't forget the show, at Believe in NXT. All one word. And let's not forget the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? They're at Believe Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And that is all the housekeeping that we have left to do. So on that note, you got anything else for the people said? I don't know if you told them, but to follow us, follow the Believe in NXT hashtag or Believe in NXT Twitter account. Um, follow Jacob at underscore J Della. Follow me at said says at C E W D underscore S A Y S. Check out the podcast with King Coley and make sure you follow him on IG and Twitter at King Coley. That is a great listen. You'll enjoy it. And, um, yeah, we are going to break records for how many podcasts we have this week. And we're going to have some more guests coming up. We're we not done with the guests. I, I think we're coming up on 100 episodes, and I think we should really so, do something real special for the people. I think that should be the episode we bring everybody back and have a big discussion. You, you know what? We, we'll go ahead and start working on that right now because I have a feeling me, you, Jeff, Andreas, Kel... Emilio, that's going to be a whole lot of people, a whole lot of mics. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll see. But yeah, we'll cook up something special for you for episode 100. And like said, said, go check out that King Coley interview. Coley was nice enough to sit down with us for about a couple hours and just talk everything from title belts to favorite wrestlers to what got you into wrestling to why representation matters as Coley as the father of two baby girls, two girls, two black, two black babies. Talks about how his daughters are into wrestling and his oldest is a huge Sasha fan. And it's just like me to be able to sit there with my daughter and look at a TV and be like, see, you can do it. See, it matters. You put somebody in a good position. So yeah, representation matters. Damn it, we're black wrestling fans. We deserve to be acknowledged and represented and treated as equals and not just a stunt when it seems convenient for you to put a title on a black wrestler. Hi, Hunter. We're looking at you. That being said, I think they're giving us the go-home key. Time to go home, set. Yeah. Right. Till we come back tomorrow. That's right. You get no day off. Tomorrow, we'll be back with an NXT preview. I'm Jacob. That said, we're the podcast. Tag Team Champions, and we're out of here.